Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right. Today. We've got a preseason game to recap today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 345. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with both Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell about Two different days of Eagles football. Obviously, we've got practice here Saturday morning at the Novacare Complex where you're going to break down what we saw today. But then also Thursday night, recap, Eagles, Steelers, preseason game one, some of our big takeaways from that game. We'll get into all of that right here at the top of the show in Chalk Talk. Before we get there, just a quick reminder, go on to Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you've got a question, leave it, answer it. We will answer it for you right here on the show later this week and on our next episode. So if you've got time, Jump on. Really appreciate the support from everybody that has had the chance to leave us a question or a comment, especially those five-star ratings. Really appreciate everybody for the support as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2021 season. That said, let's get into it. A lot to break down here with with C-Mac and Ben. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys, let's jump right in now as I welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. Guys, look, we have the, the preseason game from Thursday night to get to. But before we get there, I figured, you know what, let's at first knock out today's practice. A little bit of a lighter practice. Pads not on. The Eagles gearing up for uh, what should be a very busy week. The New England Patriots coming to down for joint practices Monday and Tuesday. Obviously, the game on Thursday night. So, C-Mac, uh, take us through. We had uh, some transactions uh, with the Eagles today on Saturday. Take us through what we saw there. And then obviously some injury news as well, uh, gearing up for practice this morning. Yeah. So deep breath. So first let's go into the practice schedule. Originally the team was supposed to practice Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Sunday will now be a walkthrough. And today, as you said, Fran was a later practice from a roster move standpoint, the Raven Clark was activated from the physically unable to perform list. You might be like, who is LaRaven Clark? Six-year veteran, uh, has experience playing both tackle spots, has started both tackle spots just last season with the Indianapolis Colts, so obviously very familiar with Nick Sirianni, uh, but suffered an Achilles injury late in the season, and that's why he started. It's, he signed late with the Eagles, it signed back uh, late in the offseason, and then uh, started the training camp on the pup list. So LaRaven Clark has been activated. Now the Eagles have to get to the 85 player limit by Tuesday, which is interesting with those uh, practices coming up with the New England Patriots. So they started the process by waving wide receiver, Adrian Killens and tight end Caleb Wilson. Uh, so they have a few more players to get down to the 85 player limit. As for the on the field action, Nick Sirianni saying that Devontae Smith is now day to day with that knee injury. Very important designation there. He was previously week to week. Carry on Johnson, a running back, has a knee injury that the team is still evaluating. Unfortunately, he's had knee issues in the past since he was a second round pick a few years ago of the Detroit Lions. Uh, Isaac Samalo, left guard, he was back you know, as a full participant for the first time. On Saturday, so the entire first team offensive line was together for the first time in training camp. So 
Great development there, especially Brandon Brooks coming off playing in the preseason opener on Thursday. And obviously the the one, you know, quote unquote starter uh, that's still up for grabs, a left tackle, still no Andre Diller due to his injury. Uh, so that today, Jordan Mailata in uh, with the starters at left tackle, obviously no rotation there. So yeah, Jordan Mailata left tackle, Isaac Sayamalo at left guard, Brandon Brooks, uh, he is back in action, obviously. So now he's a right guard, this offensive line uh, coming together, uh, which is looking good, obviously, uh, after the injuries early on in camp. But outside of that, guys, nothing really of note from a depth chart standpoint that we haven't already discussed discussed uh, over the course of the summer, no real big changes. So uh, with that said, let's jump into our biggest takeaways. And, um, you know, like I said, a little bit of a lighter practice, just a simple play or two or a sequence of plays. We had like three or four team periods today. Uh, no real one-on-one action to, to speak to. So uh, C-Mac, I'll come to you first. What was your big takeaway walking off the field? Uh, let's, I'll go with the defense, the defensive line in the final team period. It was a red zone drill. And the defensive line was just getting after it. Looking at the first team unit, Javon Hargrave had a sack. And on the very next play, Brandon Graham uh, was credited for a sack. A quick whistle that frustrated Jalen Hurts. He chucked the ball into the turf afterwards. Uh, But the defensive line still getting after the quarterback. Uh, In fact, at the end of practice, uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon looked over to his unit and said, Great day. Was very emphatic about how well the defense performed as a whole on the day. So uh, thought Jalen Hurts overall up and down on the day, but looking at the defensive line, I thought the very strong finish there, especially from them, uh, to keep that first team unit out of the end zone. Ben, we, you and I were talking about the the quick whistles. Uh, you're, I know you're a fan of that. Trying to get it's a good way to to kind of coach that into Jalen Hurts about uh, playing within the structure and trying to keep him uh, in the pocket. Nick Sirianni talked about that pre-practice. You don't need him to live in the pocket. That's not that's not the goal. But if you're trying to coach him into you know playing more within rhythm, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, in that period particularly, coach coach is certainly quick on the whistle to blow the plays dead because it's such a gray area when quarterbacks want to extend the play. How long do you allow him to dance around? So a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, where they're trying to emphasize the in structure, in rhythm, on time passing game, they were a little quick on, quick on the trigger today. But that doesn't go without the positive on the other side. The defense was winning quick. Obviously, we're not touching anybody wearing a red shirt, so it's a bit of a gray area. I'm glad. Blow the play dead. Give the win to the defense and say, go line up again. Yeah, and you know, Nick Sirianni talked about it, like I said, before the, the practice started uh, during his press conference. He said, look, we don't, we don't want to, you don't want to be living in either extreme. You know, it's just like a, if, if you're a football team uh, and you only run the football, you get into certain games, you're going to need to throw it, right? And vice versa. If you only like to throw it, there are going to be certain games where you need to run it. It's the same thing. When you're playing quarterback, you want to have multiple different ways to be able to defeat your opponent. For Jalen Hurts, we know he can make those plays outside of structure. We talked about uh, just being able to see him make those plays within the rhythm of the passing game. We saw a little bit of that on Thursday night, which was a good sign. And, and clearly, this is a good way to be able to coach that into him, especially when they're down in the red zone. And, you know, you want those balls to be coming out of his hand uh, really fast. Overall, my big takeaway, I, you know, C-Mac, you mentioned it was kind of a, an up and down day. I thought he came out really sharp. I mean, he had seven on seven. He completed each of his four, first four passes. The one play uh, was a, a corner route to Zach Ertz for a touchdown. It was a really impressive throw and catch. Um, you know, on the opening team period, he hit Quez Watkins on a quick slant route that uh, he he had he left his hand out there. He knew that was that was going to the house uh, if that was a live period. He hit him on the run, and, and Quez just kind of knifed through the middle of the field. He hit Travis uh, Fulgham downfield in his next throw. JJ Arthago Whiteside to close out the session. So uh, overall, early on in practice, I thought it was a really sharp day. 
for Jalen Hurts. And then that defensive line uh, started to, uh, to wreak some havoc there in the backfield. But overall, I thought Jalen was really sharp today. Yeah, beautiful throw there to Ertz for coming right at, at us in the corner yeah, of the end right. zone. And he was against Darius Slay. So that wasn't a linebacker yep. or a safety. That was a Pro Bowl quality cornerback. Great throw and catch there. And that was a red zone seven on seven. So while Hertz maybe struggled in one red zone period, looked pretty sharp in the other one. Yep. Where he looked decisive and got the ball out, threw it with great anticipation, good location. And to see a number one to 86 connection in the red zone, it just felt like a good uh, go-to connection out there. Over the course of the summer, I feel like Ertz has looked good. Like he, he he looks like like Zach Ertz. I mean, he's creating separation. He's been really consistent at the catch point in practice. I know he had the tough drop uh, the other night on third down, but then we know I mean, we know that's not an issue for Zach Ertz over the course of his career. We know we know that he he can catch the football. He can be reliable there. But uh, his ability to separate, you know, that kind of look, makes me look back to last year and say, you know, that injury clearly uh, had a, a pretty negative effect on him. I'm not seeing any signs of that this summer here, C-Mac. No, not whatsoever. I think the the big thing is there's so many options at the Eagles' disposal with yep. Goddard having this strong performance, and he's come on late as well, uh, and seeing some of the young receivers like Quez Watkins take the next step here. So certainly, Ben, there's going to be a lot of options here for Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts at their disposal. I just feel like both of them, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, there just aren't any headlines. And I think that leaves people kind of questioning, what's going on with those two? What's going on with Ertz? Is he looking good? Is he dropping down with age? He's just showing up like the Zach Ertz we've always seen. Yep. And I think that's almost, for lack of better words, a little boring that he just sure. separates, he gets open, he catches the football. Yeah, a little underwhelming at the point of attack. We know, you know, what he specializes in, but yeah, just not a whole lot of headlines with them. Pretty uh, as expected type of practices and as expected type of performances. Uh, ben, what was your big takeaway? Just kind of walking off the field for practice today. Well, I was just really excited to watch some of the energy. We're getting into the dog days of camp now, post games, uh, you know, now in practice, it's hot. I just like seeing the energy out there. And right off the bat in individual sessions, go next to that offensive line. And Coach Stoutland is fired up with these guys every day in that offensive line group. It's hot. It's buggy out there. They don't want to be out there. Man, they are enthusiastic. And this is the strength of this football team. To watch just the offensive line work on their technique, to hear the coaching points from Stoutland, to watch brutal double teams from Kelsey and Brandon Brooks together, crushing poor, uh, you know, some backup uh, offensive linemen out there just holding the bag, the poor kid, you know, Ross Pierce Bacher <laughs> or something. But just to watch those double teams and the enthusiasm from Stoutland to shout out a nice little hell yeah after a rep, you know, in practice individual I love that. And when you watch this group, this is the strength of the football team. They're going to rely on the offensive line. This is the lifeblood and the motor oil of this football team. Pay attention to these guys. To follow up on that, Ben, with the energy, it's interesting because of the cadence of these practices. There's not really much downtime. You know, again, they're going to have a walkthrough on Sunday. And then the New England Patriots are coming to town for joint practices Monday and Tuesday followed by their preseason game. And then they're going to follow a similar script the following week against the New York Jets. So I think Nick Sirianni doing a very good job as a first-year head coach, realizing that this is where you might get those dips and lulls in the camp schedule. What way to spice it up by having some uh, new competition added to the mix. I don't know about you guys. I loved having the Baltimore Ravens come a couple of summers ago for joint yeah. practices. Just gives new life to practice, new competition, new bodies, different schemes. And anytime you get outside players, outside teams, real opponents in there, 
Now we're starting to spar. Now we're getting into a real fight. Practice will only take you so far against your own guys. Now we have live bullets in games. We have joint practices. Now things are going to dial up just a little bit as we're getting here in the middle of August. Yeah, and as you you mentioned the energy there with Jeff Stoutland as well, Ben. I would be remiss if I didn't say, uh, go check out the Jeff Stoutland miking from practice earlier this summer. Uh, that is Ooh. available on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles uh, mobile app, and all of the Eagles social channels as well. He's not some audible. soft-spoken no. coach out there, Fran. No, you know, this, is, this is one to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, no, no question about it. Uh, all right, guys, let's kind of turn our focus now to last Thursday's game. We obviously have not talked about that year uh, yet here on the podcast. I did a, a film recap. It's called the post-snap read. It's up now on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And the Eagles mobile app. I tweeted out the link on Friday morning. So you can go or on Saturday morning, rather. You can go and check that out. But uh, let's get into some of our big takeaways from the game. Uh, C-Mac, I'll come to you first. Coming out of th- Thursday, big thoughts, overall thoughts, uh, just coming out of the win or out of the game. I, I love Jalen Hurts' command of the offense. And Nick Sirianni said on Saturday that going back and watching the tape, thought it was very crisp live, but watching the tape thought Jalen Hurts' performance was even better. And we talked about earlier in this practice. They want him to get rid of the ball quickly. You don't want to have the two extremes. Well, I thought he played in good rhythm. He was within the structure of the offense, did a good job of working the tight ends over the middle and that great anticipation throw to Dallas Goddard. Just missed the Quez Watkins touchdown, you know, a little grabby by the defensive back. The corner there kind of messed up the timing. So it's definitely still some things to work on. But uh, I think we're all eager to see how would this first team offense look with Jalen Hurts in his first ever preseason game. And I thought he's offered a very, very good showing uh, that showed promise, yet still some things to work on. So Jalen Hurts' command of the offense uh, was my big takeaway from this first uh, preseason game, Ben. Love seeing him cut that ball loose to Quez. It may have been, you know, just a step or two out of his reach, but just the decisiveness and the confidence to rip a vertical like that. You know, there's some, you know, in structure anticipatory throws like we saw to Goddard. There were some where it felt like, you know, he maybe didn't get the ball out as fast as he could have. But like I've been kind of whispering to Fran, I don't know if he's ever going to look polished on the practice field. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jalen Hurts is a gamer. And it was great just to see the game atmosphere again, break the pocket, get out of structure, maybe pop the pads a little bit. You always want to see that quarterback kind of take a hit, get up and just feel like he's back to playing football. He probably hasn't been touched in months out here out on the practice field. So just getting back into football shape, maybe feeling a little sore the next day and just kind of going through the week to week routine. Now that we have games, C-Mac. I just want to add that. Opening drive, Eagles take the ball on offense, get three points, instantly get some points on the board, and then they get a backed-up situation for their second drive. They get a first down to give Aaron Sipos, the new punter, some breathing room. So, again, two drives there for, for Jalen Hurts there. Uh, one with the first-team offense. I know a brand, or offensive line, Brian Brooks, came out after the first series. Uh, but still, I thought overall Jalen Hurts did a great job you know, getting first downs and producing some yards. No third down conversions, obviously something you want to see there at some point. Uh, But again, some good building blocks from that first preseason game. Yeah, there were certainly good examples of him being able to to play within the rhythm of the play, get the ball out fast, really decisive. Uh, I thought we saw some good things. And, And look, you don't want to go nuts. It was 10, what do we say? 11 throws or 10, 10 plays overall. You don't want to go crazy, but it's, uh, you'd rather see the positive performance than the opposite, right? It's, it's one of those things where you don't want to go nuts, but you say like, Hey, this was a, a really good positive sign. Uh, I thought it was a, it was, we saw some really good things there from Jalen hurts. And even honestly from the, the offense as well, the second team group in the second quarter, you mentioned how the, the offense started fast to open the game. You get that two minute drive at the end with Joe Flacco and he leads them to points as well uh, going into the 
locker room. So I thought we saw some good things there uh, in the first half, really on both sides of the ball. And, I, and I'll just jump into the defensive side. Um, I just thought overall, we've, we've talked all summer about the competitiveness, the, the culture of the defensive side and, uh, you know, just all the strip attempts and attacking the ball carriers and receivers. I thought that carried through to the game. How many times, Ben and I, you were watching, we were watching the game together. How many times did you say, a lot of white jerseys at the ball, a lot of white jerseys at the ball, guys rallying to the football constantly. Uh, I thought that was a really good sign. And it was guys from all three levels. You had linebackers flying around, defensive linemen chasing, you had DBs crashing downhill. I thought we saw some really good things from the first and second team group. Obviously, look, the, the third team didn't look great in the second half, things that they're going to have to improve there going into game two and game three. Uh, but I think overall, the, the first couple of units on defense, I was pretty impressed with all three levels. Yeah, and I feel for these guys because they played a marathon. The Steelers wanted to come out and run the ball and new offensive line, Najee Harris. They ran 80 plays on offense. We ran 42 on offense. So what does that mean? Our defense was out there in the second half in the heat, first preseason game. I mean, you have guys like Sean Bradley played 60 snaps. You know, Tui Pelotu, Teron Jackson played over 50 snaps for a preseason game where you know the ones probably won't be getting much action, maybe not a lot of the twos. That means the threes are out there. And if for some reason they have long drives or maybe a turnover on offense, they got to go right back out. We don't have more bodies. Mm. You got to play. But what is that? That's an opportunity. So I love seeing the guys in the second half, particularly Fran mentioning, still rallying to the football late. Mm. And that's just preached. And it's a philosophical kind of pillar of this team, whether it's the ones, the twos, the threes, practice squad guys. Everybody must rally to the football at all times. And you really see how infectious it is. You know, when you get to the uh, third, fourth stringer, second half, fourth quarter, whatever it takes, those guys are rallying. Ben, any other big takeaways from you uh, after rewatching the game on Friday? No, it's just great to see, you know, uh, you know, some live bullets and some tackling and you can't always see players strengths and weaknesses on the practice field. What if you're uh, an enforcer type of safety or a linebacker that wants to finish ball carries, you don't get to show that on the practice field. There's been some instances out here where I said, Ooh, Marcus Epps just laid off that seam. You know, he's doing the right thing on the practice field. You hit Zach Ertz down the seam in practice. You get thrown out. You crushed the tight end down the seam in the game. You're getting us gold star on your helmet in the film room. So you, you need those live bullets to really show that toughness and physicality and just to hear the pads popping and guys being dragged to the ground. Now we're playing football. And you know, Fran, the only way to get in football shape is to play football. So we're getting there. Let's go through our plays of the game. Uh, C-Mac, there's a big one that a lot of fans are talking about. Well, I, I was going to say, can we can we take out the Quez Watkins touchdown? Okay. Well, I, 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 I think that's screen. fair. Let's, I know you're coming to me. I know you guys you, dug into the tape more. You want to C-Mac's going to take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that's fine. You know, like, I would say, can we just take that put that aside? We all know that was the play of the game. You know, Quez Watkins turned on the afterburners, burned at least three defenders. I mean, just out, outstanding catch and run. It was similar to what we saw last season when he scored against the Arizona Cardinals. So it's great to see him carry over the strong exactly. performances from training camp. And this yep. is something that, that we talked about, Fran, in the office earlier today when I was just asking you any of those under-the-radar guys shine. And you were like, no, like the guys who have played well in camp carried it over. I mean, that's, that's what you want to see. So the ben, guys, ben, would you agree with that? That's what that, C-Mac asked me that. And I, that's kind of how I saw it was the guys that have been making plays made plays in the game. Uh, that was kind of how I, that, how I kind of saw that. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't think there were any uh, surprise performances. I think, uh, yeah, what you were getting on the practice field really did show up. So, all right. So when I play the game, okay. 
try go a little under the radar here. Okay. I I really liked the the mental fortitude of cornerback Michael Jaquette, who gave up the deep pass to Deontay Johnson down the right side. Very next play, Chase Claypool, who we all know what he did to the Eagles last season, gets the ball in an end around. Jaquette stays home and brings him down for a tackle for loss. Okay. You know, in the grand scheme of the game, maybe not a big thing, but you know, coach Sirianni has been preaching the mental toughness out there on the football field, that short-term memory. That was it right there. Okay. Michael Jaquette battling for a roster spot here, obviously could, could have been down on himself after giving up the big play along the sideline, beautiful pitch and catch there to Deontay Johnson, but you know, was resilient and stayed home. So a little under the radar there, but I'll, I'll give that my, uh, my play, of the, play of the day outside of the obvious one to Quez Watkins. And I saw you saw things, uh, Ben, when you and I were watching the game, uh, that stood out. I was good to see Jaquette, uh, Michael Jaquette come back and make that play, that tackle, after giving up the big play uh, downfield. So C-Mac, uh, same page. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Ben, what was your, uh, your play of the game? Well, I got to highlight some of these uh, Jalen Hurts throws, particularly on that opening drive. And we know how much we love throwing to the tight ends in this offense. But, man, that throw to Dallas Goddard early, Fran, that was a big-time throw. And yeah. uh, that's over Devin Bush, first-round linebacker. You know, that was great anticip- anticipation, great placement, great timing into tight coverage. And to get that out, you know, uh, within structure, that's exactly what you want to see. And then that next drive, they were backed up. Hit, you know, Zach Ertz over the middle of the field for a nice little two-man game. And, you know, unfortunately, Ertz had that drop later on. Listen, Ertz has played a lot of football in this league. We know he's going to catch the football. What you want to see, that ball out on time and accurate from Jalen Hurts on third down. The quarterback did everything he needed on that instance. We know Zach Ertz will make those catches for us. But Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, work in the middle of the field, tight window throws. Just great to see from Jalen Hurts. One thing I want to point out real quickly on that third down throw that Ertz dropped was Jordan Howard's mm, pass call. protection. Yep. I, I mean, it's just an absolute thing of beauty. You could see it live. You know, I'm watching from the press box. You could see someone out there making the play, making sure that Hertz had an extra second to get the ball to, to Ertz. Uh, Jordan Howard, great job in pass pro because but we know that the running backs are going to be very involved in the pass game. You know, pass protection is an underrated element here. So Jordan Howard, you know, props for him for, for making that play. That, that one, uh, as you said, for, uh, Ben earlier, would get a gold star in the home. And though it's the preseason, CMAC, you see different strokes for different folks and all the different philosophies on how to deploy your game plan. Some defensive coordinators, let's play vanilla. Let's play safe. Let's play basic. The Steelers, oh, no. Let's ramp up the blitz. And they came at Hertz and Flacco and Mullins with a variety of unique pressures and some exotic looks. This was preseason one, but this wasn't just, you know, Harry High School playing cover two every snap. The Steelers were getting after them, particularly on that third down throw. Yeah, they came up the middle and off the edge. It was a little bit of a dual read from Howard there. He was able to make the right read. Hertz stayed in and made the throw. But this wasn't just a vanilla defensive scheme coming at you in the preseason. Every defensive coordinator kind of takes it in a different philosophy. So this week was exotic blitz. Next week against Belichick, it could be basic. You don't really know, but it's just fun to figure out what defensive coordinators want to throw at you. Really good call uh, on your part. Real quick for me, guys. Uh, I really like seeing the, the the pressure from that second team defensive line. I thought we saw some really good reps from T.Y. McGill inside. We saw some good reps from Milton Williams coming off the edge at left defensive end. Uh, obviously, the two combined for a sack uh, in that second quarter. And, I, and that was my play of the game. It was just really good to be able to see those guys uh, come off the ball, win with power. Both guys more known for their quickness 
but to see them kind of run through, uh, play through contact, run through the inside shoulders of both the guys they were going up against. I thought that was a really good rep. Uh, posted that clip on Twitter uh, earlier uh, on Friday morning. So you can go check that out. But that, that was my favorite play uh, from the game. Guys, I don't think we've got anything else. We've got practice notes going up later today on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app. You go check that out. But otherwise, uh, we will talk to you all on Monday uh, after the Eagles pr- practice against the New England Patriots, the first of two joint practices between those two teams. So we'll have podcasts Monday and Tuesday next week before the Eagles take on the Patriots for their second preseason game. Ben, C-Mac, we will talk to you Monday. Before we keep rolling with the show, I wanted to take a quick break to remind you about the Eagles' second and final open practice that is open at Lincoln Financial Field August 22nd. It's a Sunday evening. You can get down, watch the Eagles up live and in close, in person. It was a great night when the Eagles had that open practice a couple Sundays ago. Now is the time. You could jump online, get tickets. They're only $10. All proceeds benefit the Eagles Autism Foundation. It's a great cause. Look, it's a great night, and it's a great opportunity to go and see this team up close in person. If you want to see Jalen Hurts, you want to see Zach Gertz and Dallas Goddard on offense, obviously Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager at wide receiver. You go to the defensive side and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, everybody on the defensive side. It's great to be able to see all these guys work up close in person if you want to go down low to the to the field level or you can go up high like me watch it from the from up high in the sky get a sense of all the different schemes that the team is running on both sides of the football now is the time jump on get your tickets for the eagles upcoming open practice sunday august 22nd be there it's going to be a great time for fans of all ages i know my family will be there it's always a lot of fun go check out the eagles open practice again all proceeds go to the eagles autism foundation Great stuff there from both Ben and C-Mac. You can follow on Twitter just like I do. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, and leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out today to MG Fifth Avenue, who left a five-star review, just saying how much they love the show. Uh, Not your typical podcast, not a a typical sports talk discussion. Really appreciate uh, the five-star review. And they said they subscribed. So MG Fifth Ave, appreciate the new subscription. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Hope you look. If you got a question about the team, jump back on. Leave us a question. We'll answer it here in an upcoming episode. Great stuff from him. And thank you to everybody out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you later this week.